Welcome to today's episode where I explore the importance of a strategic content framework for your time online. So when I first established Think Bespoke and started my entrepreneurial journey, I really viewed LinkedIn as a free tool that could help me stay connected to the people that I've worked with previously and also a place to do research about potential clients and it's very much still that place. However, what I have learned for my 10 years, nearly 10 years um, of business is that it's also a really good place to build your personal brand. So over the course of being comfortable with raising my profile online, I have developed what I like to call a strategic content framework. And that helps me and my business navigate LinkedIn. But importantly, it's also helped me make decisions about how I navigate platforms like Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, And more recently, developing a YouTube channel and a video strategy. So if you're thinking about raising your online presence, if you manage company pages or social media platforms for clients, or if you're a a senior leader or a game changer that's just trying to crack the code, the bad news is there's no silver bullet. But the good news is, I guess like anything in life, if you have a plan and you think about, um, you know, how you spend your time Uh, from a strategic perspective, I think a strategic content framework can really help you get maximum value out of your time online. So what I'd like to do today is just share with you broadly what a strategic content framework is to help you starting to think about how you might be able to adopt uh, a plan like that in your business. Okay, so first a little bit about me. So my name's Karen Hollenbach and I'm the founding director of Think Bespoke. We're a boutique Melbourne consultancy established in 2010, so we'll be celebrating our 10th birthday next year, and we provide LinkedIn training and online content marketing solutions for individuals and organisations across Australia. Now, because we specialise in LinkedIn and teaching organisations how to use their online assets, We've found that we're in a situation where we're, we're quite regularly reviewing our clients and potential clients' website, their blog, their social media updates, their opt-ins to newsletter and their email marketing plan. And the reason why we do this is because as businesses, we own two key online assets and that is our website and our database or our email list. And so it's really important that all of the activity that you do ultimately thinks about how it's leading your clients, potential clients, referrers, stakeholders to your website. Now, of course, you can't just post content from your website on LinkedIn, and hopefully you don't need me to tell you that. Uh, You need to have a mix of content. You need to have curated content. But if your goal is improving brand awareness and reach by engaging with more potential clients or employees or candidates online, depending on what your goals are, then you need to really, first of all, uh, do a bit of an audit of your online assets 
which we can help you with, um, but also then think about your strategic content framework. So why? Why do I need to do that? Why do I even need to care how I show up across online platforms? Well, I believe in an environment where people are increasingly making decisions based on the information available to them online, your website, blog, uh, what you do on LinkedIn via your profile, via your team's profiles, your LinkedIn company page, and your social media channels if you use them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also your email marketing messages, and of course your in real life interactions, are critical touch points for potential and current clients wanting to be part of the conversation. So we really help you look at the online conversation. And so that strategic content framework helps you join all of the dots with your online assets to ensure that they're delivering the same message and branding and so that they can help you convert your visitors to your website and your followers into customers. So I've mentioned this idea of the strategic content framework a few times. So I'm actually just going to talk you through what that actually looks like. So we've developed these um, consistently and regularly for clients and it's really the space that we operate in a lot these days in order to help you get the most value out of your online efforts because I think there's a really a little bit of social media fatigue. So people know they need to spend time online but they're just not necessarily getting the results that they want. And, and look, that can vary if you've invested in some targeted advertising or some retargeting, maybe you're getting results. But uh, I really come from the place of content marketing. So it's more of an inbound strategy and it's the longer game and it's to uh, convert or converse with, uh, I guess, the top end of town or the larger clients or, you know, from a career perspective, uh, to be sort of establishing the thought leadership. So I'm now going to sort of break down for you the different elements of the strategic content framework and what you should be thinking about when you build your strategic content framework for your organisation. Okay, so the first and probably most important element of the strategic content framework is understanding the ideal clients, your target market, your customer avatar, whatever you would like to call them, your customer persona. And when I say understand, it's really having a very detailed breakdown of their location, their habits, their preferences, the problems that they're facing right now, how you solve them, how they consume information, who influences them. And it's really so worth taking the time to do this and we find that some clients have one or two uh, ideal clients so in the recruitment space we have people that our clients have um, the clients that they want to work with that are placing the roles and then they've got the candidates and so there's generally a proportional sort of mix of content that needs to talk to both parties Um, for other clients there might just be one ideal client for others there's we've had I think one client had up to seven stakeholders. So, uh, you know, if you're a government body or an, uh, a, a peak body, you're probably going to be talking more in the terms of stakeholders or members. So it really just depends. And so the reason why you need to do this is you need to understand who you're trying to influence. I like to really talk about it in the context of who you're trying to serve and to make sure that all of the content you're sharing online, whether that be owned, so content that you have created and are sharing uh, curated content, so content by authoritative third parties that you are commentating on or promotional content, which can be overt, you know, we are the best in this, call us, um, that all of that is really speaking directly 
to your ideal client. So when they're researching you online, they're really, uh, you're giving them a lot of evidence to suggest that you are for them. And so what that means is in the buying cycle or the decision-making process of deciding if they want to buy from you or be part of your community or uh, want to be influenced by you as a stakeholder, that they really feel like you're for them and that you understand them. So that's really uh, understanding that and understanding, having a really solid understanding of what your commercial plan is or what your stakeholder plan is. So really uh, the strategic content framework is not about a marketing and sales plan. It's about the amplification of that and the communication of that and how you are really telling the story of what's already going on within your sales and marketing framework with online assets that you own. So I mentioned the email list and the website and then the online assets you don't own. So the LinkedIn profiles of your team and leaders, your LinkedIn company page, uh, your Twitter accounts, and also your other social media platforms. So that's really the first part, looking at your ideal client and looking at your sort of commercial goals around that and, and how you want to influence. The second part is really aligning these business commercial goals and your social media goals. So, so often when we run strategic content framework workshops with clients, they we sort of list six or seven potential social media goals and they want to do them all. So, you've really got to prioritise those goals. And some examples of those might be building awareness, it might be educating about your services, it might be uh, getting more email sign-ups, it might be getting more followers. And so we really just talk through depending on, you know, you've just got to think about for your own uh, commercial goals for your business, what are the right ones in terms of social media goals. And so often if we've got, clients that really are subject matter experts in their space, really strong networks, but they're effectively underperforming online. So they haven't really had a strong online presence. We find that the two most important goals or the one most important goal really is to educate about services. So of course, we've got to look at building followers, but that's secondary to just getting the, the, the focus right. And we find that you know, this idea that if you build, they will come. It's in a competitive online environment that may still be true. Um, you know, getting followers is increasingly harder um, on uh, social, not so much from your LinkedIn profile, but certainly LinkedIn company pages, you need to have a follower strategy. But if you've got that real focus on educating about your services and really genuinely adding value in your area of expertise, that can serve you really well in the long term. So that's just an example. The next one is really thinking about what is the content narrative. So what is the story around how we're engaging with our clients and engaging online? What is our focus? What are our key messages? What's the tone? Are we playful? Are we serious? Are we conservative? What's the type of language that we use? So for one of our clients, they've developed software for a specific niche and, and that niche uh, really refers to themselves as tradies. And so the language that we use for that client versus the client who deals with uh, remuneration for C-suite and board level clients is completely different. So depending on the type of communities that you serve, the tone uh, that you use and the language that you use is going to be really, really different. And so it should be because you're trying to influence your ideal clients and the communities that you wish to serve. And then you need to think through your branding. So you really need to, this audit that I mentioned, you really need to go through 
your online assets that you own and don't own and make sure that there's real consistency there in terms of branding and that there's not sort of your Facebook page looks a certain way, LinkedIn profiles look another way, LinkedIn company page looks another way and then there's completely different branding over on your website. So branding is a really critical step. So once you've moved through those elements of developing a strategic content framework, you then move into thinking about your content focus. So what are the things that you're content when you're online is going to focus on? What are the things that you're going to be talking about? And so we really break them into three to five different content pillars and they form an anchor and and really a a key focus for the types of content we then suggest uh, you develop from that you create and you curate. And in the curation of content sources, we really look at third-party authoritative sources that are relevant to your industry. So there might be industry peak bodies, there might be influencers in your industry that are non-competing or complementary to your business that commentate in the areas that your clients are facing and that relate to your area of specialty. Um, so we look at the, those curated content sources in this in this area. And then we also look at your website blog. So you, you need to consider, am I, you know, do we have a blogging blogging strategy? Do we have an appetite for blogging? Is it more relevant for us to have a YouTube channel strategy and to have you know regular videos or perhaps we are subject matter experts that could also be running a podcast you know what is right for our team our leaders and how our community want to how they consume information so what's relevant for them and so that really forms the strategic content framework proper so really all of the things that you want to um, that you need to cover off in terms of developing a strategic, a strategic content framework and then you move into your action plan. So implementation really looks at, well, which are our priority platforms? Uh, what are our metrics? What are we actually trying to achieve for each of those platforms? If we have different ideal client groups, well, uh, are different platforms relevant for those different groups? So I know for Think Bespoke certainly the way I engage on LinkedIn from our company page perspective, from my profile is quite different to how you might see me engage over on Facebook with more of our career community. And then on Instagram, I might give a sort of a different perspective behind the scenes. So sometimes there is an overlap, but you really need to think about your ideal client and be very, very clear about where they're hanging out online and the types of conversations they want to be having with you on the different platforms because of Of course, Facebook is different to Instagram and then it's different on Twitter and it's different on LinkedIn. So how you, you know, your tone and the way you sort of, the things that you talk about and the way that you engage with people is different on each of those platforms. So that really takes you then into your action plan and implementation where you start to really think about, well, how often are we posting? And then the whole sort of uh, range of how that's then managed and Uh, I believe that best practice is to have that managed within your business by someone who's really soaking up your culture and part of it. Um, Certainly you can use third-party service providers, but ultimately it's it's really good to upskill that within your business if you have capacity and an appetite for doing that. Um, And that way you've really got someone on the ground who's seeking approvals. Um, You also need to work out community managers. You need to work out the content approval process. You need to look at the role of third-party scheduling tools. So it might feel like a lot of work. You do really need to have a seasonal calendar with a content plan. But like anything, I think if you fail to plan, you know what can happen. So 
developing a strategic content framework is also essential for buy-in for all of your stakeholders. And if you have multiple stakeholders from different parts of your business or different areas of interest, the strategic content framework can be a brilliant tool to bring, excuse me, to bring everyone together. Well, that's it from me. Thanks for tuning in for this episode where I've taken a deep dive into why you need a strategic content framework to maximise your time online and also the elements of the strategic content framework. Now, if we haven't worked together before, I invite you to join me on my uh, monthly LinkedIn Lunch and Learn. So while you enjoy your lunch at your laptop, I will deliver LinkedIn Insights to you via Zoom. So the details of those are in the link with the show notes. And I generally give you an update on what's trending and what's news in terms of LinkedIn features. And then those that join live also have the opportunity to ask any specific questions. And you can register for that, join live, ask those questions live or enjoy the recording. So thanks for listening. I appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to chatting to you soon. Thank you.